110 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan on the football field. We don't want to coach average. We do want to win because winning is the epitome of team effort. Every coach who ever put a whistle around their neck strives to be the head coach at The Ohio State University. Welcome back, everybody, to Buckeye Bar, guys, here on Buckeye Bar Talk. I'm Mike. And I'm John. Tonight's day is Friday, April 22nd, 2022. And, uh, we're here to talk about the this past week's spring game and a few commitments that the Buckeyes uh, received this week. Um, so we'll start with the commitments. Uh, Ohio State uh, post spring game, they got two commitments this week uh, from. Uh, um, hold on, I had the one Bryson Rogers, who is a receiver out of Florida. Um, I forget which area of Florida. And then we got Dijon Johnson, who is a corner out of uh, the Tampa area of Florida. So two Florida kids coming on board. Pretty exciting. I always love when we get, uh, you know, commitments coming out of the spring game. Um, it's kind of, it kind of seemed like we possibly were going to get a third with uh, um, the quarterback out of uh, Arizona. Seemed like that, you know, <laughs> the trigger could be pulled any day now. Uh, still kind of feels that way, but uh, I, I think we're in a good spot with him. Um, you know, again, it's a 24 kid, but, you know, quarter, quarterbacks are important. So uh, I think he'll be eventually joining joining the good guys, but uh, not so fast yet on him. But pretty happy with the other two. I'm mm-hmm. glad that uh like getting kids out of Florida. Like, uh, you know, it seems like seems like it's been a while since we've gotten a kid out of Florida. I know we probably get kids, we get kids all the time out of Florida. It's just, you know, there, it kind of goes in ebbs and flows where it seems like we get more kids out of Florida than some years and then less kids in other years, but, uh, two, two to begin with. Uh, so that's pretty good. Uh, your thoughts, John. Yeah. I mean, as you're saying, it's always good to have a good footprint, you know, in one of those major high school football States. And I realize, you know, fans of Ohio state are typically, fans of high school football at least follow their you know um local high school football so it's nothing to take away from ohio ohio is obviously a very proud high school football state we take it very seriously over here we have some really good programs but doesn't have quite the same footprint as what it used to though with just like national you know blue chip athletes coming out of Ohio you still got a few don't get me wrong but yeah. I mean you you know Texas Georgia Florida California still they're just littered with them so yeah. when you when you really have a strong presence in one of those states it just helps you out so much Arizona's actually getting like that right now too and so I yeah. mean Ryan Day's been pulling a lot of talent out of Arizona so that's a great thing because of just how good you know the upper well, echelon of their players have and been you're seeing, you're seeing better talent out of uh you know, the Carolinas, mm-hmm. uh, both Carolinas, um, you know, obviously Virginia, a lot more talent over the years in Tennessee. It's a demographics thing. There's just so much of the population has pushed South now that, uh, you just got more people down South than and Ohio to. still has great football. That's not, if I'm Ohio, not taking anything away from Ohio football. I mean, I've heard enough people say, you know, right now, if Ohio was just a bigger state, I mean, if, oh, uh, Ohio's high school talent is really, really good. If Ohio was just as big as, you know, the big three, you know, they were that size too, they'd be right up there with them and the amount of, you know, four and five stars, you know, they're out of say, and we get plenty of four stars in Ohio and, you know, you get your few five stars, but, uh, you know, Ohio, you know, I've always said, I want Ohio state to get the best out of the best out of Ohio. Um, If they're going to take chances on kids, I want them to take, I would prefer them to take a few more chances on Ohio kids. If they think that uh, if it's a toss up between a, you know, kind of a raw three-star kid out of Ohio and a raw three-star kid out of somewhere else, go with the Ohio kid just because, uh, you know, if, if everything else is equal on paper, then, you know, you, at least, you know, that's that kid's state. And, yeah. You know, and he's going to want to play for him. Um, so, I mean, that's always kind of been my point of view um about that uh these two kids i i was really excited 
for I, I know some Buckeye fans. Again, it's always like the, just the loud minority of the fan base that are on Twitter, and it's not all on Twitter. I mean, it's just it's just you know some of them are you know cutting on the one being a three star, the receiver. And I came back and, you know, I, I put up a comment on Twitter. It's like at this point in uh, Brian Hartline's uh, coaching career, if he, he said that a two-star kid was a take. Uh, I would, I would take the, you know, benefit of the doubt on that one that he knows what he wants. Right. And, uh, so like, obviously this goes right up. Obviously not only Hartline wants his kid, but uh, he's got a good enough faith within Ryan day that, you know, Ryan day is like, yep you know he's a take let's take him and uh so you know i'm not gonna get too anything concerned about the stars because ohio's had plenty ohio state's had plenty of three-star kids that have made it over the years and and anymore last decade two decades we still get far more four-star kids than three-star kids anymore it feels like so like you know right yeah. He's good enough for them. He's good enough for me. Well, and going off of that, because I actually, I made a comment as well that, you know, if when it comes to offensive football, Brian Hartline, Ryan Day, and Tony Alford get 100% trust and benefit of the doubt from me, and they should get it from anyone in the fan base or anyone across the country. Um, Brian Hartline hasn't missed a lot on his receivers. I don't know if he's missed at all on his receivers. He's developed great receivers. And if you actually watch the kid's tape, I mean, he's six to he's skinny, right? Like 160, 170, something like that. But if you look at it, you know, you see these kids and they're just running downfield and they can't be covered or, you know, they're jumping out of the stadium and just making big catches. This kid does exactly what Brian Hartline loves to do. He kind of reminded me of Jackson Smith and Jig, but maybe not as good on tape, but he just has that very, you know, short distance quickness. And he was leaving like just from route running in his first move, he was leaving every DB in the dust within the first, you know, second off the snap of the ball. So it wasn't just like running straight downfield and just, you know, catching bombs all day long. I mean, he was doing this, just losing people at five yards on a slant. And it's just, it's the type of guy that Brian Hartline likes to bring in and he's going to be able to mold him and develop him. And the fact that he has that size to him, which is kind of something that he doesn't always get. So it just adds another element. It's kind of like Marvin Harrison, maybe not as polished, not as big, but you know, you get someone with a little bit more size to them that they can play, you know, more outside, whatever that it's not more so in that five eleven to six one area that Heartline gets, you know, you're talking about, you know, six two and above. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I think it's a pretty solid get. Um, I'm not going to speculate or talk about not, you know, missing on Carnell Tate or not. Cause like we said, sometimes you miss on them too. Like you can't get everybody and that's okay. Cause Brian Hartline's proven that he's got enough people. He's developed well enough that if you miss on a great five-star receiver, the world will keep spinning. So I'm not going to speculate yeah. that you miss on Tate because you take this kid, but at least you got someone that, you know, comparable size to Tate. Well, I have no doubt that, uh, you know, they're going to take three or four receivers mm-hmm. in this class. So, I mean, well, there's plenty of room for Tate. If, know, if Tate and Ennis are yeses, then you're definitely taking three. And I'm guessing, you know, you would add a fourth to that if one of your other top yeah. targets said yes. And I really don't think, you know, we were just saying, you know, has Brian Hartline missed? I, you know, I mean, I'm trying to think since he's been the actual receivers coach. I don't think he actually has missed. Is I think it's just more that some of the guys that haven't produced, they just brings in four or five of these kids every year and they just get lost on the depth chart. So I don't even know if it's not necessarily that he's missed anybody. Right. It's and, just that, you know, and I don't th- sometimes when you, when you're building a room like that, it's just hard sometimes to get on the field. And he certainly didn't mishandle JMO or anything like that. I mean, the guy just wanted to be a number one somewhere. I think to be honest with you, I think he was probably heavily recruited from Nick Saban, probably illegally because he was still with the Buckeyes. But I think after that national title game, you know, Saban was, a. Uh, was calling him up that's obviously I mean, obviously i'm joking well, on that i mean we can call that what that is it's just that you know a lot they messed that up for jamo and you know i prefer a lot of a you know nothing against jameson it's just i know what a lot could do he did it right last year too yeah and he, so, exactly you, you didn't know, lose a lot of they went, went to the draft like a lot of people assumed jameson would never have left he would have been on the team and because he would have been that other receiver so yeah, I'm not too con- like that. That's what that was. 
knows. Yeah, no, absolutely. I know. And that's, and, but you know what? I mean, good for JMO. He bet on himself and he ended up being a star. I think, uh, I think Mookie Cooper was doing all right with Missouri. I, I'm not really a hundred percent sure. I wasn't following him too closely. Um, was, are those the only two that transferred out since Harlan's been there? Yeah, but I mean, I mean, there could be somebody maybe a little. I, I'm not 100 percent sure. But, I mean, I know uh, that like the I, the Sam, those were the two. Big I know names. Sam Wiglet's the walk on receiver just what hit the transfer portal, but yeah, yeah, and so yeah, I mean, the kid looks great. Watch the tape on him. Anyone that hasn't watched the tape that you're just looking at star ratings, go watch his freaking high school film. He looks amazing. Um, I didn't get to watch much on the cornerback, but I'm assuming that's a pretty yeah. that's a pretty good get. It looks like I sounds like, like Walton people, knows what he's doing. Yeah, it seems like everybody was uh, a lot of people were saying good things about. It. I haven't watched any of his tape. I saw a little bit of uh, out of uh, Rogers, but I I didn't watch any of his. But um, it seems like a lot of people were pretty uh, pretty happy about that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll see where Rogers goes now on star ratings. That's uh, I've always said. There's only, uh, and you know, he came out and I, I feel bad that the kid had, all he comes out and talks about, uh, you know, in the other services, he's still a four-star kid. He doesn't know why 247 knocked him down. Um, you know, on three and rivals both have him as a four-star. So, Damn. uh, um, and I've always said when it comes to recruiting rankings, there's, there's a lot of high school kids across the country and, you know, everybody knows who their five star and a lot of their high end four stars are. But once you get past then, they just look at a piece of film and if that kid's a three star and that kid, Oh, that kid's a low four star that kid's, you know, whatever. Um, we'll see where his rankings end up this year when he, yeah. you know, he'll start hitting more of these camp circuits and stuff like that. And some of these, you know, recruiting experts will get to see him more up close. Yeah. He'll, he'll, um, he'll do his camps. He'll play a senior season and maybe he'll skyrocket. Who knows? Yeah. All right. So then the spring game, you know, that game that you really can't take much out of, but every Buckeye fan is still super excited about it. I'm I'm guilty again for buying too much into the spring game. I always do it. Um, and for as crappy of weather as it was in Ohio and stuff like that, you still got 60,000 people to go to that game. Um, so how much the, the fans love the team, you know, the, every one of the recruits at the, you know, it's like literally they had 60,000 people at their, uh, their game and stuff like that. It's more than anybody else. And just how wild it is. And, you know, it's true. And, well, I'm a USC kicker. And, and I don't know why he was visiting, but he said that, you know, the spring game had more people than their normal home games do in season. And that's, I mean, that's yeah. sad. That's like, as he transfer, is he in the portal or is he, I, I don't, I didn't hear that. They don't refer to him as portal, you know, in the transfer portal or anything. They just said the USC kicker. So I don't know why he's there. Um, I'm talking crap about, you know, Nick Saban and collusion and <laughs> stealing people under that are still on, uh, on teams. And here we are trying to steal a kicker. Well, I, I mean, not to go on a huge tangent, we'll get into the spring game here in a second, but I do love like every time Nick Saban goes out there, you're like the, just how about, you know, there's a difference between him and Dave, both of them love the bitch about the, all the new rules and stuff like that. But somehow Nick say Dave is actually living up to at least his principles uh, for as stupid as I think they are. <laughs> Saban, Saban goes out there and says, you know, this is bad for college football. And then, uh, now the wide receiver from Louisville is <laughs> Nick, Nick Saban though. He is not saying it's bad for all of college football. He's saying that this is going to be bad for the rest of college football because I'm going to keep winning and keep getting richer because of this. That's, that's the difference is he's giving the rest of college football a warning. He's not crying because he feels like it's going to cut into his competitive edge whatsoever which is kind of what the other guy in South Carolina is doing is that yeah. he, he realizes that let's fit. I mean, he's, he struck gold and good, good for him. He's had one of the greatest, you know, imp- most improbable runs in a short amount of time that you could get from a school like that. Um, 
Watch, watch. They'll, pro- right they'll probably win the freaking national title. That I'm saying all no, this. He's, being a, he's just being an idiot right now about not trying to get kids in the transfer portal. I mean, I think possibly they could do a little bit more with the transfer portal, but at least if the kid fits in with what he considers fits in, he'll go at least, you know, get them. And, uh, you know, I think going forward, I've always said now, it's like, you know, you got to kind of keep those eyes open in the transfer portal. Like, hey, what's going to what's going to be crazy and we're going to see it and it's going to be in one of these positions that it's not going to be a quarterback, but it's going to be one of these positions that, you know, you need to know the playbook, but you don't need to know the the playbook as much as the quarterback needs to know the playbook. And you're not going to be where you think you should be come August. And uh, some like number two wide receivers is going to be like at the end of fall camp for, whoever's like i'm playing for alabama <laughs> right yeah and they're gonna be they're gonna be gone here <laughs> i think Dabo. i mean i th- he had so much success and his core you know he's, he's starting to see the core of his coaches are leaving now so he he's trying to say that we're going to do it all internally because it was a family before i think he's going to realize real quick though that you know if you want to continue to be successful you gotta make successful moves you can't just say oh we're keeping all in clemson you got to go out and make splash hires. And, you know, I, you get two national titles within a 10-year frame. It's actually much less than that. I mean, was it? It's actually three-year frame that he got his two titles and pretty much was in the playoffs every other year. Um, I, I mean, he still has that benefit of the doubt of a couple years that if, you know, it doesn't work being everything internal, that he can go make some big splash hires and be fine. I just don't know. I don't know if Clemson, if that's enough to draw people there. I mean, Brett Venables, gotta, let's face it. Brett Venables took a couple ass kickings in national title games and was kind of not looked at as a genius anymore. And that was kind of like a second life for him. Yeah. He, uh, and then he went to Oklahoma one, to be a head coach. The one thing I will say about him with Baldebo is just that, you know, you are coaching in the South. You've given this school now. Now you gave them some success and they might not be SEC, but they are competing against the SEC right. and everything else. You know, you're competing for players, you're competing for, you know, everything down there. You're competing for eyeballs. So yeah, we'll see how many years they give him if he kind of starts sliding. And I'm not saying sliding like having Rich Rodriguez lose. I mean, the guy could go nine and three a couple straight years here and you know, he could be on a hot seat down there because you know, it's just, I mean, look what Auburn has done. I mean, look what a lot of sec schools have done. And, you know, I mean, once you start getting that taste down there, you know, football is very in the Southeast football is the lifeblood for a lot of those, you know, a lot of those States, uh, you know, and you're competing against all of them for players, for eyeballs, for everything. I mean, but in the same stretch, I mean, and again, we'll get to Ohio State, you know, spring game here in a second. Dave, the last year, you know, like in, in no way do I think his team was, you know, they had a good defense, but in no way do I think his team was good enough to like win a national title, anything like that, because they just they didn't click offense. I mean, for as good as the players they had on offense, their offense was God awful. So that's definitely something they need to get fixed. But like how close was Clemson last year from being, you know, four and eight or how close was Clemson to being 12 and oh in the regular season? Like it was just baffling. Like they were Their just they were like everything. they were like the O2 Buckeyes that just didn't get all, you know, get all the bounces. But I mean, I, obviously, I think the O2 Buckeyes would have handled that Clemson team last year. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, they weren't good. But also at the same time, they really I were they three losses bad. Should they actually have been eight losses bad? I don't know. I mean, they were just yeah. kind of all over the place. They got to get that offense yeah. fixed. Um, quarterback did not look like, you know, he was on. Well, I, okay. I saw one clip. I'm not going to say he didn't look like he improved at all in the spring game. And the one clip I saw his accuracy still seems like an issue. Yeah. All right. Our spring game. Yes. Uh, so we're going to start with defense um, just because again, everything right now is just a lot of things are revolving around the defense. Um, I mean, I know some of the, you know, our rival, some people threw out there, oh, their defense still looks bad and stuff like that. But personally, I didn't see I it. I didn't see it. Buckeye Homer. I get it. All that stuff. Uh, you know, I thought the first team defense looked okay against our first team offense, but you know, our first team offense, I would still say is, uh, 
There is not any offense. Maybe there's maybe one or two offenses that can compare, but barely any. I mean, that's day in, day out. That's going to be the best offense you're going against in the country, especially on your schedule until possibly you get to the playoffs. You might play a comparable offense, but even then, I don't know if like so much is going to come down to this defense, whether they can win a national title, the defense has improved. I don't know if any of these offenses are as good as our offense. So um, I'm still saying you so need the, a top 30 defense to really be a legitimate national title contender. I think, yeah, that's true. But from what I saw the other day is I think this team's going to very, they could very easily be a top 20 defense, possibly better. Like I, yeah. I, I saw, I saw a lot of things that I liked. I mean, you know, for just being a spring game, the biggest thing I will say that I like the most is that there just wasn't a lot of guys running free. I mean, receivers were getting yards, running backs were getting yards, but guys were there to tackle them. Yeah. Uh, you know, that was one of the biggest issues last year. You just have guys in their places and uh, not giving up a crap ton of yards. You're going to force punts, more punts than it seemed like they could force at different times last year. And, uh, you know, possibly some turnovers. And, you know, Jim Knowles seems like, you know, his big thing is that. You know, and kind of turnovers, that's kind of his last thing that he wants. I mean, he wants them, but it's more about, you know, like get three and outs, get sacks, uh, you know, put pressure on the quarterback, confuse the quarterback, and then get off the field and just get the ball back to your offense and let them do their thing. Um, you know, he'll gladly take turnovers. I think mm-hmm. there's going to be plenty of turnovers. They're going to be out there. But, uh, you know, I just like that in particular, that they just seem like they were there to make the play. And that's the biggest, if they just improve on that, then I think they are in a much, much better position than they were last year defensively. Well, I mean, they ran a lot of different looks post snap out of their base defense. Nothing crazy. I mean, it's not like they were blitzing or anything. You don't do that in a spring game, but they ran a lot of different stuff post snap. And like you said, they were always there though. It wasn't like they ran something and, you know, like a drop eight or something. People didn't know where they were supposed to be or cover four against a cover two. And people didn't know where they were supposed to be. So, I mean, regardless of what they were doing out of that base defense post snap, at least they still had guys there. It didn't seem like there was going to be, you know, all those catches were pretty much contended. Um, So it seems like, I mean, they'll be fine, you know, keep, keep working at it, keep perfecting it. And you'll be good once the season starts. Um, I I had somewhere I wanted to go with all this, but it it has escaped me. Um, but I mean, I I was very I was impressed with the defense. I thought on like all levels. I still think you need to see more out of the linebackers, but that's just because you didn't get to see a lot out of the linebackers. It was nothing yeah. nothing against them. I don't think they were playing poorly or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I think they were get they were getting good pressure on Stroud. You know, I thought you know Eichenberg played great. Yeah, I think he's, it looks like he's going to keep, you know, taking what he looked like at the end of the season last year and pushing forward with it. You know, I, I, I like where they're at with safety depth right now. You know, the corner depth's a, a little nerve wracking, even though they have really good corners. I think I just, you know, the depths, I don't really like where the depth's at necessarily. Um, but, you know, you can't really do much about that at this point. Have we heard uh, anything about Mitchell Mellon? Know, I haven't heard anything new about him, so I don't know. Yeah, um, that's probably not a good sign. I, I didn't hear anything either, but man, he, he looked good for the couple plays that he was in in that game. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's around there. He, he, the only thing it could be possibly is a tear and you know, that yeah. would be bad. That'd be the season. It, it, Cause it didn't, um, it didn't look good, but I mean, he was walking, but you can do that on an ACL. It just, it's all, you know, severity of, how you injured it, but any tear is going to cost him a season. Yeah. A lot of people that get a tear in their knees, they can walk off. It's just, you know, they can't do anything until they get it repaired to play, you know, at the level of football that you're playing at. Um, But I really, the one thing I think is going to be really, though, it's going to help that back seven just immensely is uh, I think they're going to, their defensive line is just going to be ferocious this year. And, you know, I saw some things I liked from that senior line, um, but I am, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. 
Like I'm like kind of still to the point, and I think I'm like really there now that I think that uh, especially those two defensive ends, you know, Sawyer and JTT Tomala, I think they should be the starters. Yeah, and, they just know. got they got more moves. I mean, they're just they're better defensive ends. I think Zach Harrison is a an amazing run stopping defensive end. And uh, maybe I should phrase it. I don't even know if they should be the starters because I don't think it really matters on this defensive line that they're going to want to try to run eight, 10 deep to begin with, but they should get the lion's share of the snaps. I think they should get the bulk of, they should get whatever that majority is, whether it's 60% of the snaps, you know, 40% of the snaps and the next group gets and the next two groups get 30% of the snaps each, you know, I don't care what that, whatever that cutoff is, they need to be at the higher point of it. And it's just, I think, I just think they're the difference makers. And I just think, you know, I like Harrison a lot. I like uh, Baptiste a lot. You know, I like Friday a lot, but I just said their second year on the team, their ceilings are just so much higher. Yeah. And that, you know, and you can kind of tell where, you know, just having an off season with Mick now, I mean, they both look bigger. They both look faster and it's crazy to think about, you know, especially when you think about Tuamala, how many times he got at the quarterback last year and, mm-hmm. you know, Sawyer had his moments, um, but I, I just think they're game records. Right. And, and, and Sawyer and needed to, you, he needed to beef up. I mean, he needed to bulk up a lot and he did. Yeah. So I, I think these guys are going to make such a impact and that's just going to help everybody behind them. And because you, you take a second away from the quarterback and, you know, because he's got somebody breathing down his neck and you already know from what you read from about Knowles and stuff, the two things he loves to do, he loves pressure and he loves fake pressure. So he's mm-hmm. going to run a lot of blitz and he's going to run around in a lot of fake blitzes and he moves guys around a lot. So, you know, any little thing that's just going to take that quarterback's mind just a second longer to make a decision on something. And what is that? That's doing different things in your blitz packages and having, two defensive ends that are going to rip your head off could possibly rip your head off at any moment. Uh, so, you know, I think there's a lot of things. Uh, there's a lot of advantages there. And I think now that from what I saw now in game film from the other day is that it's, you know, it, it's time. Like I said, if you want Harrison and Baptiste to be the starters, the starters, because you're trying to save face a little bit or whatever, and they're deserving too. they're really good kids, but you know, I just think whatever that breakdown is, the, the the two that need to have the majority of the snaps or the plurality of the snaps, however you want to call it, it needs to be those two, Sawyer and Tomala. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, I can't agree more with you. And, you know, the, the thing is, I mean, either way you want to, you know, shake that up. If you want, you know, JT Tomala and then Zach Harrison behind him or vice versa, you know, that's fine, man. Let whichever one's getting the bulk of the snaps, let them get the body blows on those tackles and let them, you know, let them go after them. But I just, I think, and then the other one will just clean up once they finally get in, you know, get a tackle a little bit tired and then bring one of those other guys in fresh and they'll, they'll be monsters going against them. But I just think that, you know, you got two of probably the best ends in the country. You need to have them both on the field, the majority of the yeah. snaps. And even if you got Sawyer standing up in the jack position, you know, I mean, on those third and longs and stuff like that, kind of go back to a rushman stuff. Put Harrison down. Yeah. And, you know, maybe and then put one of your big nose guys, you know, a hall, maybe even a tight league. Put one of your big guys in a nose to get a rush from yeah. somebody that can get off the ball. Ty Hamilton looks really good at nose tackle. Yeah. And then you can get JTT and you can get Sawyer on the outsides. And Sawyer, you can move around all over the line. I mean, that's going to be very interesting because you saw it a little bit in the spring game where they actually moved. They were moving Sawyer around a little bit to where he was Mm -hmm. kind of in the middle at times. He was on the outside at times. And I think that Jack position is going to be really interesting with that stuff because like when now you can, not only could you have a, you know, that a guy like that on one of your tackles, and he could be in the middle stacked up behind a a nose tackle or a, a three tech tackle. And, uh, be rushing one of your guards too and make those guards make a decision. Now you got a big time rusher coming up the middle and you can still run possibly a blitz behind them. Right. Like, no, I mean, possibilities are endless. I think, I think the senior line is a good line. I mean, you know, Taryn Vincent, Jaron cage. Um, of course, you know, we've talked about Baptiste Friday, Zach Harrison, you know, assuming Friday comes in healthy and everything. I think it's a good line. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, 
it's just the sophomores are a better line. Yeah. I mean, any, like I said, any combination of Ty Hamilton or Mike Hall as your nose tackle, Tyleek Williams and those two kids on the end, I just, they were, I think they were more productive. I think they should get more snaps. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it ends up that way against Notre Dame, but if they're proving they're the better unit, I think they deserve to play more. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think, you know, like we, we, we've talked about, you know, LJ is going to want to go eight deep. You know, Knowles is going to want to go eight deep. That's where you get a lot of guys in and they got a lot of guys there. So like, mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. Even if, yeah, they got tons of guys there. I mean, it's going to be a full rotation. It's not, you know, like Zach Harrison's not going to like not see the field. Like he's going to get plenty of playing yeah. time, and he deserves it. He's a good player. Just yeah. Jack Sawyer might be better. And I think with even with with Tuamala and you know Sawyer, if they get even more snaps, like I think that's just more things you can do with Harrison. Like, yeah, you can bring him in a tackle. You can bring him in at end. Like maybe every now and then you could stand him up. I mean, there's wild things you could do with him now too. And I just think, you know, they're going to just try to find those guys that they can mix and match in there. That like, I think the whole thing we've heard about it the whole spring. We saw this last week. I think the most guys that they can get that can play multiple positions. It's not about rotating. I mean, on the defensive line, it is a lot about rotating, but I think a lot of those guys on the defensive line, they're going to want to be like, you know, I think it's those guys are even, if they can play a little bit of, and and maybe three technique, you know, guys like that are more beneficial to the rotation. And, you know, mm-hmm. Sawyer being all the play with his hands on the ground and, and, you know, up in the Jack, you know, that's beneficial. And it's going to be the same with linebackers, you know, the guys that can play multiple linebacker positions and the guys that can play maybe a couple of the safety positions and possibly even a smaller linebacker, you know, those guys all are, I think that's kind of where they're going to look for, you know, having a lot of depth out there that's not necessarily like we're going to try to rotate six linebackers in like they did last year. It's going to be like, you know, I got four linebackers that four linebackers that can play multiple linebacker positions. Right. So that's how we're going to rotate them. Yeah. And I, I kind of think that's how this is right now. And, uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to now we're really seeing it going forward. Cause I did like what I saw, you know, in the spring game, they were just, they were just everywhere they needed to be. I love the pressure. I love, you know, seeing them being right with receivers when they threw the ball, um, you know, hitting guys, you know, and knowing the fact that, yeah, Mayan Williams knocked a few of them over. They're not going to play many Mayan Williams this year. So like, like, right. you know, <laughs> that's just going to help. Them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, I thought the defense did well. I've Burke and Jordan Hancock are going to be freaking stars this year. You know who actually who I was really surprised with just the the playing time he got, how fast he looked, and just how comfortable Josh Proctor, man, that kid, he he looks like he is on his way to you know maybe not maybe not first round draft pick, but definitely like I he he looks like he could be a day two guy. I mean, he looked like an NFL player out there. And uh, you know, after seeing Kai Stokes. Sean made the right decision because yeah, uh, that kid was everywhere. Like that kid's in the rotation. Now. I, I mean, breaking up, breaking up passes, making hits. He was everywhere. So yeah, they have a lot of different things. They're going to between those three safety positions. And again, you know, I think it's like they kind of want all of them to be able to play at least two out of the three safety yeah. positions. I mean, if you could have, you know, Proctor and Hickman, can be you know the adjuster and the nickel and you know you got guys that are playing the the bandit and can play the adjuster at the same time and maybe a bandit guy can also play a small linebacker or whatever Mm -hmm. i just think that there's going to be uh there's all kinds of different things that they can do and i i like that because they're not trying to rotate eight guys into your secondary throughout the whole game you're you know you know i have six guys and you know but they can all play kind of like multiple possessions. Right. And that's like, so. you know, you hope court Williams comes back healthy and he can continue progressing. Um, I mean, I don't know how far, you know, Lathan ransoms what, I don't know when he'll be back. I mean, may, it seems like the timeline is for the start of the season, but you still, you don't know, you know, what the time he's missing, what he'll contribute this year or not. Uh, Cam Martinez, for, you know, he's, yeah. you got, you got a ton of depth and, just keep them learning for three, everything for th- three safety spots. 
like if Proctor comes back, you're not Proctor, but you know, if court gets in there healthy and stuff, if Proctor stays healthy, like I'm thinking between, you know, Proctor Hickman, uh, McAllister Williams and Kai Stokes. Now, like that's, those five guys can be very nasty in those. Three that's positions. like a, I mean, I know, you know, maybe you don't have the corners for it, but that's kind of like your own legion of boom right there, man. Cause yeah. <laughs> some of those guys, I don't, I don't know if Tanner McAllister is really known for, you know, coming up with the big hits, but it seems like Stokes can. And I know uh, Hickman and court, they're not afraid to mix it up. And Josh Proctor will ac- absolutely run you over. You know, who's not afraid to, you know, mix it up. Neither is Hancock. I mean, he came up and made some. Uh, yeah, that's true. That Burke. I mean, you know, he's a he's another year older. I'm interested to see how that all plays out because I think Cam Brown's still really good. I think Jordan Hancock, though. I don't. But Burke looks so good, man. Especially against those receivers that the Ohio State has. I don't know who's going to keep him off the field. I don't know if Jordan Hancock doesn't get more snaps than Cam Brown when it all plays out. Yeah. And I don't want to speculate because Cam Brown is really good. I've heard some guys in our media and I'm not saying, uh, you know, some of the media guys, you know, they know a lot, you know, they're there all the time. But like when I heard some of the guys were saying that you got Cam Brown on one side and then it's going to be between Burke and Hancock on the other, I'd be like, man, when Burke, I mean, I get it. It's a new whole new defensive coaching staff and he has kind of proven himself again, but you know, he proved himself last year to me being like, yeah. you know, that was always the shutdown. That was the shutdown side for most. And he didn't, he know, didn't look like he year. was taking a step back, at least in this spring game. So I don't. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm like, to me, it's more like he Hancock against Brown. And again, it kind of gets back to that one position. I like Cam Brown a lot. I think he, you know, he, it's valuable to have a third, possibly a fourth corner that you can rotate into games. It's not right. just for depth. That's, you know, you know, rotating guys, but, and there's going to be situations where maybe your nickelback is more of a true cornerback sure. and not the third safety. So, you know, I'm fine with all that, but I, I'm just thinking if Hancock has the higher ceiling and I know it's just a spring game, but I liked a lot of things out of him that I don't, I don't know if I necessarily always see from Canberra. I like how he came up with to go after a couple of those you know, running yeah. players. I mean, I think, I think Cam Brown does fine with that stuff. I think Cam Brown's biggest issue has just been staying healthy is just yeah. all it is. I mean, I think he's a great cover corner and I don't think he's has any issue coming up and mixing it up with people. I just, I don't know. Hancock might be better. And like what you're saying, you know, if he does have the higher ceiling, if he is better or even if all things are equal, you know, do you want more snaps going? If he's not a liability in any way, do you want more snaps going to the guy that, you know, he's going to be there again the following year? Yeah. You know, you're getting at least another year out of him and another year out of Burke. So it's like, are you possibly making the best cornerback tandem that, you know, possibly college football has seen yeah. in a while. And, you know, cause I think he could be that guy. So, and that's nothing against Cam Brown. He is a very valuable player this year as a third corner. You're going to rotate the third corner in. He'll give, you know, he'll give uh, some, you know, breaks to the other two, but should your main two corners be Burke and Hancock? I mean, I think it's a really good argument. We'll see. I mean, we'll see though. I don't think, you know, Cam Brown, I'm not, I'm not sure Hancock's better than Cam Brown today. So I guess I got to see more. That's yeah. that one's up. That one's up in the air. I feel a lot better about the assessment on the defensive line that the younger guys might, you know, have might've surpassed the older guys than I would saying that Jordan Hancock is better than Cam Brown. I do think Denzel Burke, is with the, that. I think Denzel Burke's the best of the lot right now, though. He's not, he's not getting off the field. Yeah. I, I mean, people could say what they want, but uh, I mean, he was lights out last year as a freshman and he looked really good at the spring game. I don't see where he's going backwards. So yeah. like, uh, you know, I mean, he was the best corner in the field last year. So I mean, what uh, Penn State Jahan Dotson didn't even catch the ball until they started moving him around all over the place. Yeah, and uh, you know, I mean, he did good against that Purdue, that Bell from Purdue. He did pretty good yeah. against. Uh, I mean, his worst game was against Michigan, and he didn't even really have. I mean, it he, wasn't on him what the defense. Well, was. Uh, he he fell. He he slipped once, and the guy got behind him. I mean, whatever. It's it still the it's still the. Yeah, it happens. And what I like about Knowles' defense is what I'm seeing, like he's going to be aggressive mm-hmm. and, you know, he kind of just from reading between the lines and kind of seeing what we saw, I think he's, 
you know, I mean, maybe this is a bold statement. I don't know, but I really think he's going to end up being our most probably aggressive defensive coordinator since, you know, D'Antonio way back, when. <laughs> way maybe back package when. too. And, you know, and Heacock and Fickle, you know, they were aggressive where they had to be aggressive. And, you know, theirs was more, they were less aggressive in the middle of the field and then very aggressive on either ends of the field. <clears throat> um, but, um, no, I think he's going to be much more aggressive. And, and with our offense, 100% fine with that. If uh, you could be as aggressive as you want, because, you know, you're going to give the ball back. Even if they score right away, I will, there's not going to be, he's, nobody's going to beat them. First of all, I don't think anybody's going to be able to get into a shootout with them mm-hmm. to even get to that level. So if you give up two easy touchdowns in a game because, you know, you're playing really aggressive, that's fine. That just means our offense is getting the ball right away. All right. Give me. So before we transition to offense, do you have more to say about the defense? Give me a defensive MVP for the game. Um, um, I'm going to say, uh, kind of between Proctor and Sawyer, I'm going to say Sawyer. I think I really liked what I, I, I mean, I liked what I saw to Tomala too, but I'll go with Sawyer. I just, I really like seeing what he looks like right now. Mm-hmm. He was probably my MVP last year too. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> but he just looks like a much more complete player this year, just because he's got size to him now. And he still has got that speed. It looks like he's picked up a few more moves too. He's not all, he, you know, when you kind of think about it, he probably was a one hit wonder last year. Uh, he tried to just kind of run around guys to the outside. I, I like, it seems like he bull rushed people this year, maybe nowhere near as good as Tomala can, but uh, I love some of those inside spin, that inside shoulder spin, man. That was, that was sweet too. coming, coming down without, without the spin. I I liked both of those. And I think he could be very deadly and with multiple moves. Plus you're moving him and going to be moving him in different spots on the line to begin with. Um, So I I think what I saw from him that I would give it to him. Give me rookie MVP. And this could be, I mean, it could be a sophomore that just didn't play a lot last year. So Hancock, you know, he's in play here, but yeah. freshmen or sophomores that didn't get a lot of playing time. Hmm. I'm trying to think. Cause it seems like we had so many young guys last year that did get a lot of play. Time. I mean, I guess uh, I'm going to say Kai Stokes just cause yeah. like, you have to, right? Like he was, he just literally seemed like everywhere. And if it wasn't going to be him, it was going to be Hancock just because I think he was probably everywhere too. It seemed like, uh, I liked him in uh, coverage. He seemed like he was right with his receivers all the time. Um, but everybody else, like you can't say Sawyer or to them all. They played a lot last year. They so did Hall. Right. Right. I know. Yeah. I leak. So like, gotta be, I mean, like it's, it's gotta be, it would either be Jordan Hancock or Kai Stokes. I think. Right. Yeah. I mean, those are the only real answers there. All right, last one. Defensive player that you were pleasantly surprised by. Um, kind of think. It's been so many days now since I saw. I know, I know. We meant to do this earlier in the week. Earlier in the week, there was there was um, one that really stood out to me that hadn't really done a lot in his career with Ohio State. All right, you go with it. I mean, I'm just... Noah Potter. Oh God. Yes. And I mentioned him a bunch of times there. I'm like, who's 97. <laughs> I think, I mean, I, I don't think that the line he was going against was the best. So that obviously shows, you know, where one's progressed once, you know, one line has progressed compared to what the other lines depth has progressed, but he looked great, man. I mean, that, that's kind of one of those things. And I don't want to ever say someone's going to the transfer portal. I have no reason to believe he would go in the transfer portal, but that's kind of like one of those things that's like, teams could look at me like, wow, this kid's actually pretty good. And then he could transfer out of here. I know there's a lot of tackles on the team right now. Um, if they can get to 10 to a nine or 10 man rotation, I think he's number nine. Like, I think he's going to like, I think he possibly could be eight. I don't know. Cause he's again, he's bulked up a lot. Yeah, he looks so good. I, I think in, I think in run plays, he could play an end at different times. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, in passing downs, he could play a tackle, a three tack. So like, I think he, uh, he could possibly get into the rotation. There, I, f- I feel comfortable know. with him giving plays in minutes, you know, again, some guys, some breathers. Yeah, me too. Um, 
no, I, I agree with that one. Uh, you, you're correct on the rookies. It's not really, it's between those two. So who's your defensive MVP? Who would you go with? Uh, Denzel Burke, I think. I like he did Burke. a really was... nice, I mean, he did a really nice job against good. I mean, we got great receivers. Yeah. 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 So no, that... I, I agree with, I agree with Burke on that one too. I mean, I think I liked Proctor too. That's why I was probably more towards yeah. Sawyer and Proctor. Sawyer not being a hundred percent healthy. I mean, he was just everywhere. And I'm just like, man, that guy stays healthy and he's ready to go come Notre Dame. Like he don't get hurt. Like you're going to see a number one safety next year. Yeah. Come off right. Like, and that's like, yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I just Denzel Burke. I think he was just, he's so good. I'm just so confident with him. And then of course, you know, Kai Stokes, I have to agree with you on that. I mean, that kid was just everywhere and you know, it's, yeah. it's a real tough, top top ended talent in front of him right now because i know they talk about our safety depth but the talent that is starting or in the two deep are really good so i don't know how much playing time he'll get in meaningful football this year but he showed me that you know if he does he'll be all right that he might have some growing pains but he'll be all right he'll be i think he before long he's going to be one of he's going to carry on a tradition of a great Ohio state safeties. Yeah. Um, so, uh, trying to think, uh, all right. Offensive. Let's hit the offense here. Um, running game looked great. <laughs> that's the biggest takeaway I took. From it. It's like, I think if they really get the running game going this year, they're, they're just going to be so unpredictable without Trey Henderson I, running game looked great. Yeah. Like, I liked what I saw from prior. I loved what I saw from high end and, you know, mm-hmm. and for everything I'm reading, Trey didn't get hurt. They only had him in the one series. It kind of seems like there. I mean, if you read between the lines, like, uh, like he's the starter going into the season, yeah. which I, I think he is. I mean, and I think so that's what I said is they just, they knew hitting was going to be starting after that first or second series that, you know, he doesn't need to take those hits. Yeah. Um, because I, I think that they're going to be able to, you know, I don't want the, the only thing I don't want them to do is I don't want them. They have the depth at running back. I don't want them to try to force the depth onto the field. Like, you know, find your spots for Evan Pryor. I think he would be unbelievable. If you can get him eight to 10 plays a game to where he is maybe running back or maybe in the slot or whatever, just to get him on the field to throw some wacky things at defenses because this would make other defenses practice for him. That is fine. You know, <laughs> do we call that, do we call that the Curtis Samuel role? Do we, do we call that yeah. the, the former Florida wide receiver role? role. I don't, yeah, <laughs> no, it's not even that. It's just because he can line up on your center to, or under the center. Too. I think so. Like, I'm in the back ball, <clears throat> but I don't want them to try to like, well, we're going to give Trey, 35% of the plays and we're going to give my end, you know, whatever. And then Pryor's going to come in for yeah. this. Get Pryor in there for some looks that where he could do some crazy freaking things with and show his speed off and, you know, make every defense after every week have to be like, we have to be aware when Evan Pryor's in the game. Well, and then after that, Trey Henderson and Mayan Williams are your one, two punch. Yeah. And you let them, you know, just kill teams with that. I mean, there was times thunder, that, thunder. There was times last year that Henderson, you know, they had to use him as a pass catcher out of the backfield to bail them out when things weren't really going well. And you, you knew he could get a quick strike. I mean, we saw against game one against Minnesota and we saw at the end of the year against Michigan. Um, I think Evan Pryor could easily fill that type of role though, where it's like, okay, let's mix this guy in to get him a toss out of the backfield, you know, uh, just quick, a, a nice little throw to him see what he can do and watch him go, you know, 30 plus yards or whatever with it. I was very impressed with him actually taking handoffs though and running as a D. I mean, he just, he has another gear. And I thought, I thought Trey had another gear that, you know, and I don't know, maybe straight line Henderson might be faster than Evan, but Pryor has, he is, has a really, really fast cut and he just, he planted his foot and he went. And he got, I mean, yeah. it was, it was pretty impressive. The, the only thing I just, I just, just like, I mean, I just said it. The only thing that was just going to gets me a little nervous is that, you know, 
it's not the wide receiver room when you can throw six guys out there. If you yeah. have six wide receivers, you can rotate six wide receivers into a game. They yeah. need to keep it primarily, you know, Henderson and Williams are your guys. And you just find spots where it makes sense to get prior in the game to throw some mismatches out there and stuff. But don't be trying to, you know, don't be trying to give Henderson 40% of the plays and Mayan and Evan 30% of the plays each. To right. Come up, uh, you know, you know, those are your, those are your backs. And, you know, I think they could both be a thousand yard back. I agree. But, you know, and, you know, I think they both, they both bring out some similarities to the game and they both bring some differences. You know, Mayan ain't going to surprise anybody with his speed. Only Minnesota got surprised by his speed. Yeah, but Mayan loves, know. he loves to cut though. He loves to try to find open holes. But that dude's guaranteed uh, like three to five yards extra every time he gets hit. Right. He makes, he makes you feel it. And, uh, and on Trey, yeah, I want him to be much more patient than he was last year because I think, and maybe open up his eyes a little bit more. Cause I, you know, you see some stuff with him that if he just would look, turn his head a little bit and see an open hole that he's gone, yeah. like, you know, just be patient, look at the field and stuff like that. But outside that, all I really want from him is, you know, know the difference when you need to run strong and the difference when you need to run with patience. And if he figures that out, I mean, he's going to be lights out great because, you know, the kid's big enough to be to run strong when he has to run strong. Right. And, you know, he's fast enough that uh, if he runs with a little patience that, uh, you know, he gets past, he gets past a line of scrimmage untouched and he's gone. And so like, you know, I, I, I want to see what those two guys can do because I, I just have some great feelings. I, I loved what I saw from the middle of the line and this spring game. Um, you know, they got to work a little bit of things on, they got to get the pass coverage. I think back up to speed. I think they can. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's those are really good know, ends. We talked about it. Those are really good defensive ends. Yeah. You know, but we also talked about going into the spring game. It's been a while since Paris played tackle, sure. you know, Duan's good. It, you know, it's just and in, in the middle of the guys, you know, the, the, some of them haven't really got a lot of playing time, at, you know, in past defense, you know, Matt Jones barely played last year and, uh, you yeah. know, Donovan really didn't play less. So, like, I think those guys, once they get their pass, their legs underneath them, that, you know, you can be equally as good in pass coverage as you are, or pass blocking as you are as in run blocking. But I think that middle of the line, even the outside of the line, and every time, I mean, you saw it from Paris too. That's where something I think being a guard for a couple, for a year and, you know, two games or whatever it was the previous year that uh, he could be. You saw him. He got that one false start where he was right. He ran over a defensive end. Yeah. But uh, I saw things I liked out of all of them running, run blocking. And I want to get that nastiness back. You know, that was always never a thing we ever had issue with outside of a couple seasons that, you know, you know it, look, they ran it looks the like ball, they're on their way to they, fixing it, though. I mean, the run blocking looked really good. Yeah. So I was uh, pretty happy with that. Happy with the running backs. You know, not much to say about the red receiver because the wide receivers did to, for me, what I thought the wide receivers would do <laughs> like, and I think they'll just be even better. I would like to say, I think the thing I was probably pleasantly surprised with is I really liked what I saw out of the tight end. I think the and, tight end uh, room is going to be all right. I do like, like Royer. <laughs> I mean, I think Jake and Scott could be it too, but man, that Royer, we got a pass catching tight end right now. And, uh, <laughs> Him and Stouffer, you know, are going to be a nasty in 12 personnel or you got a blocker and a pass catcher. Maybe you throw both of them out there. Maybe you, you know, have both of them in blocking. I don't know. It's uh, yeah. there's a lot of things they can do with them. You know, that Royer, you know, if he does a delay block and then goes out, he, I mean, where he could get lost. I mean, that's kind of scary. Like, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that they can do. They're just so deep everywhere that I'm not expecting uh the tight ends to be catching in 10 balls a game, but we could be in that situation again, where it felt like a couple of years ago that Ruckert and Farrell were always open for touchdowns. <laughs> right No, I, I agree. I mean, I, I really, I really like that unit. I think they, they look, they looked really good. I was pleasantly surprised by them. 
receivers are what receivers are, you know, quarterbacks, Devin Brown, I was actually pretty impressed with. And not, not that I'm like surprised by that. I mean, I think he's going to be a good, really good player. Um, looks like though, he might be, he might be the runner of the group. Yeah. He definitely was not afraid to do some, uh, read option. Read option works with, uh, Stroud. If, uh, if it's a more of a, you know, a run pass type thing, an RPO, you know, you can take, you can have some of that. You can have all the read option stuff in it. And when you have more of a running quarterback, it's running football. And when you have more of a passing quarterback, it's RPO football. And it, it can work. And I, I we saw it the, the, when they started doing more RPO stuff at the end of last year that, you know, that's what Stroud's comfortable in. He took off, I think, once or twice in this spring game. Uh, I think he will get more comfortable when he needs to take off, just taking off. Uh, but he's looking for down the field. How? And, and I don't know how much of it we'll see um, come, you know, come the actual games. How much of an emphasis and how deliberate, you know, was it that Ryan Day ran passes from under center that not play actions, not runs, just straight drop back throws? It doesn't mean anything right now because he needs to do it some in games to, you know, throw teams off. So he's going to do it in games. The only reason why they're doing it now is because I think he's doing it to try to establish a running game. And the one thing that they did, I think once possibly twice is they threw a pretty nasty play action pass out of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's a couple of things. So they're going to be able to do out of that. I think he's going to keep it. Yeah. Um, I just, I was surprised because it was either, you know, it's either a run or play action normally, but he was actually doing straight, just, you know, drops and passes out of it. And I was, I'm, I was happy to see it because it makes us less predictable because you know, as well as I do, when we were under center or in pistol, that meant we were running the ball last year. So it's good to realize the tendencies you have and, you know, start working on it, become less predictable yeah. because the, if this offense could get, you know, less predictable, then it's just even more deadly. And they looked again, this is part of on the offensive line, you know, where they really got killed running the ball last year was out of that shot, those shotgun runs. And they look better this time mm-hmm. or this year that in the spring game, they look better on that. Um, so whether it's out of center pistol shotgun, you know, they got to try to be able to pass and run out of all of them. Yeah. And uh, you know, so yeah, I, I, I definitely liked what I saw that I liked the throwing. I love the play action out of that because like if they could get some running going and the, people are just going to think, Oh, they're just running the ball out of this. And then, you know, and you got a guy like Trey or Mayan back there and oh, nope, <laughs> it's going out to, uh, you know, uh, Marvin Harrison or mm. JSN, you know, that's scary. Yep. I agree. Anything else you want to hit on offense? Um, no, I mean, I'll go first for MVP. I would say, I just think, you know, everyone had a, their own couple touches, had their own moments to shine. I'm going to say Evan Pryor, though, was my MVP for the offense. I mean, I think you give it to him or Mayan, honestly, but I just think he he popped a little bit more. I can't really pick one because uh, I saw, uh, because I, I didn't, like, focus fully on him, but I'm going to say the entire interior of the offensive line. Mm-hmm. I liked what I saw out of them with one, they were running the ball. I think young guy. So, you know, rookie outbreak performance. I'm actually going to give it to two. I don't, I don't really know if either one did anything that much. Um, but I think both Kyan Grays and um, Caleb Burton, Caleb Burton really impressed me with his ability to get behind the, you know, defense. I think Devin Brown had a couple, you know, poor throws to him that, get cleaned up whatever it's a spring game gets for a spring game i'm not worried about that but i was very impressed with caleb burton just getting behind the defense yeah i'm actually this is where i'm going to go with evan Pryor. i think he's just he looked great i i guess <laughs> they get that kid to figure out to get that kid where they can get him spots this year he's gonna be uh hey if, even if your your spots are just that you're getting Trey and Mayan out of games earlier because you're up by a few scores. You're, you're not going to have much drop off with mm-hmm. him. And, uh, you know, he's going to have some big time touchdowns because of that. And where I'm pleasantly surprised is I don't no secret 
the uh, the pass catching tight end, whomever that would be. Both of them, Joe Royer looked great on his touchdown. G Sky, I mean, he really looked like he's really on the way to doing what they want him to be as a tight end. Just a total mismatch for anyone, you know, in the middle of the field. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to agree with that one. Um, I'll go with Royer. I liked Royer a lot when I saw out of him. Um, I just, again, any more weapons that they could put on this offense is just to make them that much more deadly. Yeah. And just the defense has to find itself because if the defense finds itself, you know, the defense doesn't have to do a whole bunch. They just got to get the offense off the field because right. turning the ball over to that offense, like I said, if they just get a couple more three outs in a game, how many more opportunities is that our offense to get the ball? Um, you know, well, of course, God I, help, yeah, God help teams. Right? Of course, you know, you want the punt three and out punt or turnover, whatever it may be, but you know, changing six or seven into three is going to, that would be huge. Also just getting wins like that for the offense is what they need to do. Definitely agree. All right. I'm good, man. I think we're going to call it a night. All right. Well, hopefully we get a couple more big booms coming up. So, you know, we continue to have more to talk about NFL draft is next week or the following week. It's on next weekend, 28th (laughs) or whatever. Who's going to be the first Buckeye taken? Olave or Wilson? Uh, It's got to be Wilson, right? At this point. I think it is going to be Wilson. Does Olave go for JMO? Olave Olave is the number two wide receiver taken, though. You think they're one and two? Yeah. I don't know where that number two is. I think Wilson's going to get taken in the top eight, um, possibly top five. I I, I don't know where all the other positions are following this year. Um, Is Hayden Hutchinson going to be the number one draft pick? It's just, it's so wide open. I just, I feel like a team when you have Trevor Lawrence, Alabama having that good of a left tackle coming out, I think you just got to give them the benefit of the doubt. Even if he's not the number one player over Hutchinson, which is very debatable, I think you really got to strongly consider, you know, protecting Trevor Lawrence in this situation. Yeah, I agree with you. But you know what they say, what the NFL is now, it's, uh, we're we're old school thinkers, man. You know, you draft, you draft the guy who's going to throw the ball. That's the most important guy of the field. The second most important guy is the guy who sacks the other quarterback who's throwing the ball. The third most important guy is the guy who's protecting. I know. And then the fourth guy is the core is the receiver. And then the fifth guy is the corner. And that's how you, that's how you build a team nowadays. And uh, I get it. I get it. I just think, I mean, personally, I would say go left tackle. If there's a left tackle that is, worthy of being taken number one i would take him um i mean you kind of said it to me perfectly the other day on twitter when he's just like you know i mean aiden hutchinson i mean nick bosa's had how many less snaps than him and uh you know was more since only had one more snack so like and all these people that are saying he's going to be better than the bosa brothers like I think we just need and like he had a really good year i think we just need to temper our expectations though i mean Joey Bosa was better in college in three years. Nick Bosa was better in college in two years and three games. I mean, it's just like <laughs> the kid's been there for five years and I know he got hurt or four years and I know he got hurt the one year. So it was more like three years and three games for him, but just, he wasn't as productive as them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's kind of a, kind of a bold statement to say, you know, he has, one good game against Ohio State, and now he's better than both the Bosa brothers. I, I don't know. Like, Look, I mean, he was he was non-existent against Georgia. Yeah. So, oh. who knows? We'll see. He was non-existent for most years against Ohio State. Like, you know, if, you know, if, you know I mean, <laughs> this terrible. year he, he had a great game. I'm not going to take it away from him, but he's also not the reason why Ohio State lost. So, like, you know, if Ohio State's defense showed up, you know, Michigan doesn't beat them and it's not right. Ohio state wins fairly handily. I I mean, mean, I'm not saying it's a defense that's going to really, you know, hold Michigan off the scoreboards. But if, if Ohio state just plays defense, like they did for the majority of the season where, you know, they didn't give up rushing yards like that, you know, you know, 
That's the guy who killed him. Hassan Haskins having five touchdowns in a game against Ohio State is just an unspeakable freaking crime. Aiden Hutchinson, I mean, I don't care how good he did in the game. He's not the reason why they won. No, I mean, he's definitely not. But he did do well. I'm not. I take nothing. I take nothing away from him. I'm not. He had a great game. And but he could have still had a great game. And if Ohio State's defense only gives Haskins two touchdowns. Right. Like. You know, Ohio State wins the game by a few touchdowns. Like, I like I don't know what to say. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, no, that's true. That's not me just being biased. That's true. <laughs> right. I mean, if Ohio State, if they just stop the run, how they have for years, I mean, that was even like that was so even out of character for last season. I mean, they just got ran over. I mean, Oregon didn't run them over. You know, they they hit on a lot of stuff that was misdirection, and it was just like Ohio. We're so undisciplined. They didn't have numbers where they were supposed to. And I, a lot of what happened with Michigan was the same crap. I mean, it was just they were got so out leveraged on different sides of the field. But that was just so out of character from the Ohio State we've seen for how many years just getting run over like that. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, we could do a whole show on the Michigan loss. Uh, <laughs> like, I could do another two hours probably about how pissed off i am still about that well hey so if we, we to, if we decide we to move on if we decide to do a show before the draft we you know we have lots to talk about where we can speculate buckeye players getting taken so yeah not i'm not promising anyone that's going to happen but if we decide to do it we got yeah. some content there if we don't get any commitments so all right i'm getting us out of here before we talk for another hour thank you everyone for stopping in tonight at the buckeye bar i'm john and i'm like oh h i o